to the Rogue Agronomist Podcast with Kyle from Stall Agronomy. You never know what I may say or who will be on, but you know it'll be real because that's me. Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. It's Kyle from Stall Agronomy. Today we're going to get existential. Um, <laughs> I had a topic kind of come to mind today and... This topic is something that I've worked with um, in the past. I've noticed it. Um, I guess I could say part of this has defined who I am. Um, now, let's uh, let's kind of do the title. I'm going to title this one, What Defines You? And, you know, I, I was at one point in my career, um, I had a, a few customers that called me Mr. FS. Yeah. Uh, if you don't know, I used to work for an FS co-op, but um, I wore an FS hat. Um, every time they saw me, I had an FS jacket, an FS shirt. Um, you know, obviously I was in an FS truck. I, I, at one point in my career, thought that the company I worked for was the best company ever. I'm not saying that FS is bad, and I, I don't think they are. Um I'm just saying at one point, that was me. I was the FS guy. That was like my persona. Um, you know, when I, I pulled on somebody's farm that I'd never met before, I'm Kyle, I'm with FS. That was that was who I told them I was. Now, you know, what, what defined me at that time in my life, I thought, you know, I got really into my job. I really liked it. Um, I really liked the company I worked for. But to me, that's what kind of defined me was my job. That happens to a lot of people, and it doesn't have to be jobs. You know, we we're defined by sometimes by the vehicles that we drive. You know, there everybody knows the Ford guy, everybody knows the Chevy guy. I mean, there are literally people that wake up in the morning, put on their Ford underwear, put on their Ford shirt and their Ford hat and their Ford socks. I'm sure those are out there grab their Ford coffee mug and get in their Ford truck and drive to their work, maybe at Ford, who knows. Um, but there are people that are defined by their their uh, their vehicle they drive. Um, they're defined by the tractors that they own. You know, I mean, there are guys to the point where there could be a much better tractor out there and they know it's better, the service is better, the tractor itself is better, but they got to have that brand that they've always had because... That's who they are. They're the case guy or whatever it is. You know, they got the flag in the shop. They got the international refrigerator rusting away in the corner that still magically works after 75 years. You know, that there are those people out there. We all know those guys. Yeah, I can guarantee you, you are thinking of someone right now that is that person. Not only does that happen with, you know, equipment, uh, vehicles, um, the companies you work for, there are those guys that are DeKalb guys. There are those guys that are pioneer guys. You know, I mean, there are people that if you ask them, what's the best company in the face of the planet? They would say the one that I work for right now. So then you ask them why, because we're the best. And you know, the, this is begins the cl- colloquy of, or colloquy. Wow. Of what they talk about, you know, it's like, so why are you the best? Well, because we're the best. We're we're better than Pioneer. We're better than this. We're, you know, there are people that that literally are just like, oh my gosh, I have to have all the merchandise. That was me at one point in my career. I have all this FS stuff that's just rotting away in the corner of my 
my office, um, my office closet right now. If you want some vintage FS merch, I got you, I got you covered. But um, you know, that was me at one point, and then I kind of realized after a little bit that even though I kind of felt like this defined me as I went to a different job. I was kind of burned by the first place. And then the second place, I was a little less the company guy. And then now as I've got my own company, I wear Saul Agronomy stuff all the time. I mean, I wear a Saul Agronomy hat and a Saul Agronomy shirt. To me, that's more of a pride thing. It's me. It's me. That's my brand. That's me. I'm just wearing a shirt. Might as well wear a shirt that says Kyle on it because that's pretty much what Saul Agronomy is. Um, but to me, that that's that's an important thing. But am I Mr. Stall Agronomy? Eh, maybe at some point. But, you know, if somebody stopped you and asked you, what defines you? And, I mean, this probably is a question you should ask yourself. What defines you? What What is your answer to that? You know, what's your elevator pitch about what defines you? I mean, I can guarantee you, you could ask somebody that, and they'd be like, well, I'm such and such. I work at X company, and... I do this, and this is my job title, and blah, 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 blah. And at the end, oh, and I, by the way, I have a wife and kids and a couple dogs and this and this and this. Yeah, I like playing golf, whatever it is. But the first thing they want to tell you is, I work for this company. I work for, you know, this is my job title. And that's what defines them. You know, isn't that, it's kind of crazy to think about. Um, you know, I, I, I look through... I kind of half scoured the internet trying to look at some of this stuff. And there, there are a lot of people that get defined by their job. And it was funny. I mean, I literally went through Google and just tried to look at this topic. It, it was funny. I got, at one point I got on Oprah's website and I was kind of like, this isn't probably going to be a great thing for me in the future. And then I went into what should an elevator pitch include? And I got to the point of elevator do's and don'ts. And I was like, I didn't, see that there wasn't a pitch part to that. So it was literally children should face forward and be in the back of the car. It's literally elevator do's and don'ts. So I think we've reached the end of the internet, what they can provide for this. But the typical elevator speech is always preached to you as the first thing you say is you introduce who you are. The next thing you introduce is the company you work for. The third thing is the title that you do. You're supposed to get people interested in the organization you work for. I'm not reading this. I'm actually <laughs> reciting this. But you're supposed to get them really interested in what your company does and how they can help the person, right? I mean, Elevator's pitch is all about your company. It's supposed to, it's like a sales tactic, right? Really, when was the last time you walked up to somebody and they were trying to tell you or sell you something. And the first thing they say to you is, this is my name. And this is what defines me. And I am a family guy. You know, I, I do this. And, you know, we like to go out and go camping, whatever it is. You know, I'm a fishing guy. I love fishing. You know, and I, I happen to work at this company. And this is what I do there. And, you know, I've been doing this for X years. Whatever it is, I want you to kind of pull yourself back and think about how that looks to someone over something where you're the next guy that says exactly the same thing as the last person said. The last person, and pretty much I can guarantee you there's a lot of these people you're calling on. If you're 
if you're a salesperson, there are people you're calling on. The first thing that they hear from every single person that pulls in there that they don't know, name, company, title. Be different. I mean, that's always my thing is is to try to be different. I want guys to, to look at that. And I, I try to do that in my own personal life, um, in my professional life also. You know, I'm, I'm just different to begin with. I mean, obviously, if you're listening to this, you can kind of tell that. You already know that a little bit. But being different just to be different is one thing I think that's very disgen- or not. It's not genuine, disingenuous. This is the word I was looking for. It's my Joe Biden moment got there. Um, but it's more genuine when you actually say, this is what I am. And, you know, you're just a person, right? I've had people, um, you know, we hosted um, some stuff last year, and I had somebody who literally um, only talked to me one day um, and for about 30 minutes, very disinterested the entire time. Uh, constantly doing something else, literally trying to multitask the entire time. And you get the feeling. Um, I got the feeling right away that it was like, we are completely, everybody in this conversation is completely second fiddle to this person because we, one, don't provide her anything to get her an advancement in her career. And two, we're just below her. You know, we are not on that level uh, that she felt she was at. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but at some point in your career and in your life, those people that you took the time out to try to get some kind of networking, um, networking isn't always about getting the next job. And networking to me is always about building connections, um, getting to meet people. It's it's the the personal touch and, and the actual relationships. You know, we, we kind of slowly have gone away from that we, we don't want to build relationships with people i can i can build a relationship with somebody on the internet that i've never met before um why do i need to talk to them in person i can i can send them a message on twitter whenever i need i mean honestly right now i could send a message to somebody in probably five continents to ask them how how their crops are doing this year how the prospects for their crops look for this year i i know people um but i don't physically know them and at some point in your career, you know, you're going to have all these people that you're going to maybe cast away because they're, you know, they don't have the title you think that they, sh- you know, you should be associating with or two, they're, you know, they're not going to help you advance your career. So whatever, they're, they're kind of useless. But at some point in your career, you're going to run into those people that you met, you hit, wouldn't really give them the time of the day because they weren't as important as the person you wanted to go talk to that was over there you're going to need something from them. Uh, there's going to be something that they're going to discover. Uh, they're going to create. Um, they're going to understand better than maybe you do. And you're going to want them to be a speaker at your meeting. You're going to want them to, to help you with something, to provide something for your career. And they're going to be, they're going to remember the time that you were like, yeah, you're, you're kind of useless. I don't need you. I'm just going to keep working while, while we talk because this conversation we're having right now is less important than the thing that I, I'm working on. I can't stop myself from doing that because this makes me money. Talking to you doesn't make me any money. Well, in the future, it might. And I think that's one thing we always have to kind of remember. And 
we'll get back to the farm thing here. Um, you know, the, the tractor, the, the truck brand you drive, whatever it is, if that defines you to the point that you're giving up, um, you know, one being happy or two productivity, making money, whatever it is to continue to be the person that, you know, wears a Ford hat or whatever it is. Um, yes. And I'm knocking on Ford because I typically own GMs, but I have owned Fords in my life as well. And at the time they were a great buy, great vehicles. We've had three or four different Fords. Um, but right now I, I'm actually really liking my GM trucks that I have, but in five years, if Ford comes out with a new one, that's better. You'd be dang sure I'm going to be buying a Ford. And that's not because I'm a GM guy. I'm not a GM guy to, per se, because I'm not going to bleed GM trucks. But to me, the vehicle I drive doesn't necessarily define me. It's a utilitarian thing, right? I really like, I used to like the driving experience. I will say that in your life at some point, you should buy the car that you thought was the coolest car ever. It is going to be, if I can get that car, I've made it buy that car at some point, unless it's a freaking like Ferrari or something, but <laughs> try to find something domestic or something affordable at least. Um, I did that once. I, I bought the the vehicle um, that I idolized when I was in high school. Um, I can't even believe I'm going to say this, but I, I bought a BMW M3 uh, 2004. That was my dream car in, in high school. Um, I got a job. I got a signing bonus. Um I bought a used one, obviously. I didn't buy a new one. Um, it was an E46 M3, and I want to say it was like 15 years old or something like that when I bought it. 50,000 miles on it, drove it home, leaked oil over my garage because it sat forever because it basically was a, a collector's piece more than it was an actual drivable car. So all the seals had worn out. I had to get pay another two grand for that to get that all fixed. I will tell you that that car, it, it was an amazing, it was fun. You hit the pedal, that thing gunned it. But uh, at the same point, that car was scary as hell because I always knew something is going to go wrong with that engine. Um, I want to say it's an S54 engine that's in that, the BMW S54. Um there is always these Vanos issues. Um, there's all kinds of issues with E46's engines. Um, even the E36's were better, but they weren't great. Um, I just really was more enamored with the, like, I own this car. This is going to be the car. Go out and buy that car sometime. You should do that. And two years later, you will go out and buy a friggin' truck again, like I did, because I should have never gotten rid of my truck. Um, I thought it'd be cool to own this thing. I drove it like 2,000 miles over two years. I lost my ass on it when I resold it. I traded in on this. Uh, I bought an F-150. That's right. I bought a Ford. Um, it was just a dumb thing. I, it was the stupidest thing I ever did. Maybe it's my midlife crisis, but it was dumb. Um, I thought that vehicle would define me. I literally, I had the gloves. I had a freaking BMW shirts. I had... Had a couple jackets, you know. I was like the BMW guy, and uh, yeah, I thought that was going to be what defined me. And I bought it. You know, obviously, I didn't spend a crap ton of money to buy this car, um, and it didn't bankrupt me or anything. But 
it was something I, I thought I had to do. I'm glad I did it. I'm glad it's over with, <laughs> for one thing. Uh, now I drive a one-ton and a three-quarter-ton truck, and I'm much happier um, because I can work on them, for one. I'm not so worried about them falling apart. But to me, I understood a lesson. I understood that, you know, even though I thought that was like the epitome of life, like, if I get this, I'm going to be like the guy. Um, high school me was like, woohoo, and adult me went, what the frick did I do? And I'm glad it's over. And I'm so much happier that I'm not a BMW guy. And I'm, I realized that. It, it just took me owning one to, to realize that this is dumb. Um, I am not, you know, for a lot of people that believe this, uh, a lot of good people think I'm a John Deere guy. I like John Deere tractors. I like the look of John Deere. My family all has John Deere tractors. It's the way we were. We also had red combines because we realized the actual flows were better than John Deere's Walker combines. We also realized that the first two generations of the S-series, or not S-series, but the first two rotary combines Deere came out with, so the 50s and the 60 series kind of sucked. And the 70 series, awesome combines. I would actually own one of those. Um, those were better, but I still think red combines were better. Um, you know, if Deere came out with something that would just revolutionize the combining industry, which no one really has, I mean, uh, they have a twin rotor who thanks a lot for <laughs> copying New Holland, but no, in all actuality, um, I would drive a green combine if, if it was the right price, whatever it was, but regardless off of our tangent here, but if, if the company that you, you know, you drive um, the seed company you even get. You know, I as much as I would at one point in my career love you to be a decal person and then instantly loathe you for being a decal person. Um I I don't I don't know if that's the right thing to do. Um I like selling seed. Um I like the companies we are working with and I just if your seed company completely defines who you are, I think that's a problem. Um, you know, what if they suck in 10 years? What if the one you currently plant suck right now and there's a better one out there? You know, I, I literally have people that I switched from Pioneer to DeKalb and then now we're trying to sell them Pioneer that are just giving me the same excuses they did when I tried to switch them the first time. <laughs> It's like, don't you see what's going on? And yeah, it, it's just what defines you is, is a question that we really should ask ourselves. Um, you know, I, I think it's it's a powerful thing to think about. Um, your career shouldn't define who you are. I mean, it, your family is more important in career. If, if that's not the case, um, man, I don't even want to know what life's going to be like for you in 30 years when you can't do your job anymore and your kids are all gone and now you got to hang out with that person that you put at the end of your elevator pitch. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I know people that retire and all they want to talk about is the job they used to do 20 years ago that is no longer relevant. I mean, how would you feel if you had to walk into a, a thing right now? And we'll end it real quick here. How would you feel if you walked into somewhere right now and you met a guy and he's just like, man, I was the best typewriter salesperson ever. I mean, it was great. You should have been around for typewriters. are so much better than computers. 
the you know the sound and then you got to slam the thing across it was just oh you don't even know how typewriters were how would you think of that person would you think that guy's cool he was like the best typewriter salesperson would you think man it's kind of sad that he thinks the typewriters are amazing you know maybe nostalgia wise they're kind of cool but at some point they were just obsolete technology maybe a better one maybe he was a set salesperson i don't know we'll just <laughs> end it here but think about that question and I, I think i think a lot of you if you're a salesperson listening to this if you think about what defines you and does your company define who you are and then now i'm sure your company is going to hate you listening to this one but is your company what defines you um is that what's going to set you apart you know, are you going to give the same elevator pitch that everybody else is given? Or are you going to be different and you're going to be genuine and tell people what actually define you? I'm a runner. I'm I'm this. I'm that. I, I love my family. You know, we do this to get whatever it is. What is the thing that you're passionate about that defines who you are? What is the thing that wakes you up on a weekend, uh, on a weekday, whatever it is, and it's just you're excited for? You know, maybe you're a Cubs fan. That's right, I'm from Indiana. Um, but maybe you're a Brewers fan if you're from Wisconsin. Whatever it is. And unfortunately, if you're from Wisconsin, you're a Packers fan. And maybe that's the thing that gets you going every day. Man, that would be a really pretty... So now, if you're a Packers fan, you got to change that elevator pitch. Because if you just say, I'm a Packers fan, that is not going to set you apart in Wisconsin. But anyway, we're going to end it here. But it's, think about what defines you. Think about how that sounds to somebody else. You know, if it's the same thing over and over and over, what do you think that they these people hear? You know, I, I, I think that's the struggle I have with sales training. It's all the freaking same. It's always about, you know, do this, this, and this. And then, and then you practice it five times, and then they want you to practice it into a mirror and regurgitate that to somebody. How do you think that sounds to somebody like me that you're calling on? So anyway, that's it. I'm going to end it there. It's 22 minutes. It's too freaking long, but hopefully you guys enjoy this one and hung in there. I'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the Rogue Agronomist podcast. Be sure to check out our website, stallagronomy.com, and our other social media for more information and other episodes.